Alright guys, this is Rob with Rob Says, and this is the Salt Lake Sit-Down. It's going to be episode number six. Let me uh, do some things here. Alright, so anyway... And then I hear a phone ringing in the background, which I'm not going to answer because that would be telemarketers calling my business line. Rotten sons of bitches anyway. And that reminds me, I'm actually kind of glad they called or they're calling because uh, I've got some fun things to say about that. You got to hate it. When you get telemarketers, robocallers, scammers, all of them guys calling you up. Because I know I hate them. I'm not even sure how they get your number these days. Considering you can sign up on the uh, Do Not Call registry at like do not call.gov, I believe it is. And I know I did that. And yet they still call anyway. But I found a way to deal with them to a degree, and it's definitely minimized the calls. And so what I will do when they call, especially when it's a number I don't recognize, uh, and, and another thing I've noticed about these, these telescammers or whatever the hell they are, they tend to call, uh, the number that shows up on the caller ID is always a local number. Well, most of the time. It is a local number. So they're calling from one of Utah's uh, area code prefixes. So it's either an 801, a 385, or a 435. Sometimes there will be a name attached to it. It'll actually, you know, they're, they're getting pretty sophisticated about that. But either way, I, I don't know who the hell they are. And I've let them go to voicemail enough that usually I can tell, and then I can block them that way, which is one way to do it. But sometimes I want to have some fun with them. And so what I will do is I will answer the phone. But instead of saying hello or anything you that people are coming to expect, I'll answer it saying central dispatch, and then I just wait. Inevitably, somebody picks up the line, and of course, they're, hi, I'm so-and-so, and and you're, you know, we got that you have blah, blah, blah. And, and then I'll just go, you've reached a government facility. How can I help you? And they might try for another moment that I've even had them ask for somebody. Well, is, you know, Marie there? Or is so-and-so there whatever it might be and that's where I'll be you reached a government facility how did you get this number and every time so far every time I mean without it's a hundred percent they hang up once in a while they'll say something along the lines of oh uh, we'll take you off our list and then they hang up I've had a couple of them say that, but most of them, they just hang up. And I never see them calling back. 
They've not called back since. That particular company is like, oh shit. And if they did want to go there and say government facility, I'd say, yeah, you've reached the uh, investigative branch of the IRS. Not the other alphabets. You know, you know the ones. Not those guys. The IRS. Because these guys are a business of some sort, whether legitimate or not. They are a form of business. And the last thing they want to get is the IRS looking into them. Because taxes. <laughs> so there's something you guys can try out. Uh, next time you get a call, whether it's on your cell phone, your house phone, your business line, whatever it may be, instead of saying hello, answer it by saying central dispatch. And you say it, you know, not unpleasantly, but very business-like. You know, central dispatch. And then if they carry on with their spiel or whatever it is they're doing... That's when you say, you've reached a government facility. How can I help you? Okay? Give it a shot. Because uh, at least when I've done it, it's actually worked out pretty good. I'm, I'm pretty stoked with it. So anyway, moving on here for a moment. i got to check a couple things out. Uh, let's see here. So what's been new with me lately? Well... Uh, if you aren't aware, uh, I'm part of a group of fine gentlemen uh, on MasculineGeek.com. You should check it out. Uh, we hold a, a live podcast every Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you should check that out. Let me check something else here. There we go. Oh, cool. All right. Let's do this. Just in case somebody pops in here. Okay. It's kind of fun multi-streaming because I'm doing that again through restream.io and that way I can be on Twitter and on uh, YouTube at the same time and that's what I'm currently doing again looks like we've got at least one person right now on uh, Periscope slash Twitter not sure about uh, YouTube yet I'm not seeing anyone if they are say hello I'll, I'll talk to you for a sec no problem but anyway, so yeah, today's episode, I just want to give some updates, a uh, couple books that I've been reading. Uh, getting back to George Bruno, uh, he came on the Masculine Geek podcast last Wednesday. It is episode nine. I'll throw a, a, a link up here and also at the end, you guys should uh, check it out. It was a great episode. Having George on was, he is truly a gentleman and a scholar. Uh, he is truly a, a man's man, and he is definitely one of the most interesting and interested men I've encountered. Uh, very, very positive experience. Would have him on this show if he wanted to come on. I would have him back on the Masculine Geek show if he wanted. Uh, 
he's a great guy. You should check it out. With that being said, he's uh, been doing a couple different things with his channel lately. Yeah, I'm kind of plugging him, and no, I'm not being endorsed for it, other than it's just he's that good of a guy. So you need to go onto YouTube, type in uh, either like Gray Bailey or George Bruno, Sultan of Silver, and uh, you'll find him. And I'll also, I'll throw a link down in the comments section on the, the YouTube replay so that you can find him and uh, check out his content. He's got some great stuff. I've been following him for a while now, but he's got a couple new things that he's been doing. One of them he's calling rabbit holes. And uh, it's really been fascinating watching those. Uh, it, it, it's great material he's got there. You just you have to see it to, to get it, guys. So just check it out. But one of the other things he's been doing that's definitely been applicable to me lately is he's been talking. He also has been doing something else. I believe he, he did his first one on a Wednesday night. But I believe he did the second installment uh, on a Friday, just this last Friday, so two, three days ago. And it's called 50 Things You Will Experience or Go Through During a Breakup or a Divorce. And I started watching that uh, last night, actually. I, I couldn't sleep. And I don't know if that's going to be one of the 50 things, because the very first episode, he only got through 10 of them. And so even he said, you know, this is going to be an ongoing thing until he gets through them all. Uh, but some of the things he talked about is he said, uh, you're when you are going through a breakup or a divorce, you're going to be tired and you're going to be fatigued. And I am. I mean, the, the 10 things he listed... Uh, you'll, you'll just have to check it out yourself, but I, I could say that I, I fit probably almost out of that initial 10, I probably fit 9 out of 10 of them. I, I've only, you know, my breakup is very recent. It's only been about three months. It was in December that we broke up, and here it is, March. So yeah, it's been three months, and... All the things he'd been listing so far, with really the exception of one, it's like, holy shit, that's me. Lack of focus. I've been trying to read, and I say trying. Normally, I'm a very voracious reader. I can read two, three books at a time and read multiple chapters daily, and I'm finding it very difficult right now to even read a chapter or a few pages even. So it's, it's definitely something that's been tough. Uh, the weekends are still the hardest. Going to bed at night on the weekend is, uh, it's, it's tough. It's tough coming home to an empty house, you know, besides the cats. But you should check it out if you have, if you're going through a breakup or a divorce. Uh, I highly recommend checking out these videos that he's doing on the the breakups slash divorce. Um, it's it makes a lot of sense. It makes you realize 
that you know everybody grieves in their own way they they heal in their own way and it brings George is very not only is he understanding and he's been there obviously with his divorce in the past he's very comforting to hear his voice to have him put to word the things you're going through and even to list things that you're like holy shit I did I wasn't aware that that was something I was going through so check it out uh, 50 things like I said look up George Bruno I, I might even throw some links to those videos in the comments just so that you've got them uh, but check it out it's 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 really good Especially if you're going through it. Okay, so what else has been going on? Well, right now, I've got uh, some car issues going on. Got uh, the check engine light coming on, so I've got a, an appointment, hopefully, with a mechanic to figure out which O2 sensor it is so I can get that repaired. Uh, apparently my car has two O2 sensors, one in the kind of in the front of the catalytic converter, one in the back, to the back of it. And apparently, according to the parts place, the front one's the uber expensive one. And the one in the back is, it's expensive too, but it's about half of what the other one is. So I'm, I'm hoping that if it is indeed one of these O2 sensors, ideally it's not both. But hopefully it's the back one, not the front one. And hopefully it's a, a relatively easy fix that it's not going to take me days on end to get this thing fixed. I'm hoping it's something that uh, can get it fixed sooner than later. Maybe take an afternoon type of thing at most. But since focus has been uh, a bit of an issue for me lately, and reading is a struggle... I'm still doing it, but it is it is tough. Uh, been watching movies lately, mostly older films. And by older, I mean uh, things in the 70s, the 80s, and even into the early to mid-90s. Now, that's something uh, we discussed quite a bit on one of the Masculine Geek episodes. I believe it was episode 8. Uh, I, I definitely do not watch a lot of current films that's going on right now a lot of the newer films and it's because there's no real story there I mean there's great action scenes great CGI great you know that that kind of stuff is phenomenal but the stories the character development all of that they are shallow or nondescript you don't care about the character or characters which in turn you don't really give a shit about the story so and also today's politics where a lot of films in, instead of just being about fun or being about whatever the story is uh, there's a lot of politics being thrown into the film uh, I've, I understand that Captain Marvel just came out this weekend, and and I already know I'm I'm not gonna go see it. 
the biggest reason for me is the fact that the the lead actor or actress Brie Larson I guess is shooting off her mouth talking about feminism and other shit and right there it's like well you lost me I'm I'm not gonna go I mean you know in all honesty I wasn't gonna see it anyway uh, I'm not a big superhero movie type of guy I enjoyed the Dark Knight stuff that came out when it came out with Christian Bale I thought that was really good uh, I've I've enjoyed a couple of the others. I enjoyed the original Spider-Man. I enjoyed the original, well, I wouldn't call it the original, but the 90s Batman, at least the first couple that had Michael Keaton in it. I thought those were pretty decent. But uh, a lot of them these days. I, I do want to see Infinity War because I've been hearing all sorts of things about that, about the main villain. And so I'm, I'm probably going to make it a point to sit down at some point and watch that one. But a lot of these other ones, the Guardians of the Galaxy, the Iron Man, all of these other ones, it's, it's oh my god, it's gotten ridiculous. It's like, you know, are our lives so jaded and pathetic that we need the escapism of some kind of a, a super Marvel hero, something that is totally just will not happen cannot happen uh that's not me i've always enjoyed films where i i can suspend my disbelief while i'm watching a film that's usually a good sign of a movie but i've enjoyed films that that in some cases it might be a fairly remote possibility but it's a possibility that hey that that actually could happen um one of the films i've watched recently that's an older one is a movie called uh, Guilty as Sin. Came out in 1993. The the main actors in it is uh, uh, Rebecca De Mornay. And what the hell happened to her lately? I wonder. You know, you don't hear much about her anymore. But Rebecca De Mornay is like this lead attorney, and then it's Don Johnson, who's the main other character, who is actually a bad guy. And he has a great line in that film that even when I saw it earlier, years and years and years ago, when it was new, I guess, he has a great line in that movie. I mean, he's got a bunch of them, but the one that stuck out to me the most is he goes into another character's office and he goes, old people, they talk too slow and they walk too slow and they drive too slow and they're always in the fucking way. And that just made me crack up. Because in some cases, that is true. Even now, as I'm getting older, I, I still see it with older people, like my father is a good example. Not that he walks too slow or talks too slow, but he definitely drives too slow. So, yeah. Older films, I've been doing a lot of that to kind of kill time. Uh, but anyway, some of the other stuff, when I have been able to read, uh, there's a couple books I've been reading, and I'm going to show them to you here in a second and talk about at least the little bit I've read. Uh, I, I highly recommend them. They're, they're good books, especially if you're a man. 
And there's a, a website I'm going to throw in there as well that I've been checking out that's actually really good. Anyway, so on to the book reviews. Or the, the book commentary, I guess. First one is Game by Roosh V. Uh, I'm not even going to try and pronounce his last name. Normally, uh, uh, you know, I guess being single again, getting back out there, I need to uh, brush up on my game skills. Because something that uh, he says, there, there's there's a couple things in here I'm, I'm going to quote Roosh. Now, granted, I'm only a couple chapters into it, but uh, the guy, the guy is... I mean, he, he kind of, well, he, he wrote the book on game, but he's, he's been doing this for years. You know, he, he is one of the three R's of the Manosphere, you know, Rolo, Roosh, and Roycey, who's now Chateau Hartiste. But in his introduction, you know, kind of the beginning of the book, he, he starts off. And he says, Understand that the amount of dating choice a woman has is the primary driver that determines how we must structure our game. The more choice a woman has, the more methodical our game has to be. I I never thought about that. And especially in today's day and age. And he kind of goes into that with social media and swipe apps like Bumble and Tinder uh, that women today compared to generations past or in years past, women today are being approached by guys in record-breaking numbers. In the past, you know, women got approached by guys maybe at their work. They got approached by guys, you know, at a bar if they were at a bar or a club. And they got approached, you know, maybe by the occasional day game type of guy, you know, if we're talking an actual honest-to-God pickup artist. But they were, most of the guys were local. These were guys that lived within their area. And now with social media, with Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, uh, Snapchat, I mean, you name the platform, it doesn't matter. They're all the same in that sense. And with all the dating apps now and the dating sites but mostly the dating apps. And the fact that women, pretty much all of them, almost to, you know, down to the last one, have a, have a smartphone. They're getting hit on by guys constantly. You know, we're talking hundreds. You know, and if they're a, a decent-looking woman, like, God, even like a seven, they're, they're probably not only getting hit on hundreds of times, that's just in a day, they're getting hit on thousands of times. Guys wanting sex, guys hitting them up, guys telling them they're beautiful, and can I meet you, and can we go out to dinner, and can I buy you a drink, and all that bullshit. Okay, so women are getting fucking hammered with this stuff. And and I knew it, but I didn't really think about it, because for many, many years, for well over, honestly, over a decade, I've, I've been not single. You know, when when I met my ex-wife, yeah, I met her online, but it was on MySpace, believe it or not, that that was still a thing. 
it was in its decline, but it was still around. I mean, I guess it's still around now, but it's, you know, a shadow of what it used to be. And, and Facebook really hadn't really taken off, I guess. Uh, I don't know. You know, it, it wasn't as big a deal because we're going back to like 07. Okay. And so a lot of things have changed in 12 years, considering it's now 2019. Uh, one of the other things he says, and this is something I think some guys, uh, this is important for especially you young guys that are just getting out there and starting to want to go out and meet women and date them and have sex and all that. Game is a great tool for initiating a sexual relationship with a woman within a society that's declining all of Western civilization. And for identifying the few good women left. But it does not create good women. I think a lot of younger guys and even older guys that are getting back out there that don't really have game or understand game don't realize that game is not going to make a great woman for you. It will help you identify them, but it's not going to make one. Uh, that's going to be a, a topic for another time, but I do have thoughts on that based on my own personal experience and also talking to other men. And one of the things he brings up, and I was just touching it, is that Roosh firmly believes, and, and I believe too, uh, back in the day when, you know, kind of pre-dating apps, pre-social media, pre-internet even, you as a man didn't necessarily have to have game. You could have uh, the other stuff that a lot of guys still cling to. You could have the trappings of power. You could have wealth. You could have all the different status symbols, you know, you're your own boss and you or you're the, you know, the, the, the president of the division or you're even the CEO. And, you know, you've got the 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 expensive car and the, the expensive shoes and the uh, high end jewelry and that that's how you could signal wealth and signal status and get a woman based on that alone well those days and not to say those things don't matter they still play a part to a degree but now where pretty much any guy in the world can initiate contact with a woman via social media and dating apps and whatnot smartphones uh, just because you are a CEO isn't enough just because you've got a million dollars in the bank isn't enough anymore. Just because you drive a high dollar car isn't enough anymore. If you, Roosh, and I agree with him, says uh, in the past, game would give you an edge and could put you over the top. But if you didn't have it, you if you still had some of the other stuff, you were okay. But nowadays, Roosh and me as well, I as well, think that game is now essential if you want to get a woman. Uh, Roosh even goes so far as to say, if you don't have game, you're not going to get women, period. And I kind of agree with him. 
And so if, you know, if you're a guy and, and you're out there trying to figure out women and figure out dating and getting women into bed and all that, and you honestly don't have any game other than, well, I, you know, I make X amount of dollars and I drive such and such a car, uh, that shit's not going to matter because she's getting 30 of those guys a day that have all of those things as well and they've got game. So if you want to get women rather just for the playboy lifestyle, if you just want to bang a bunch of chicks, or even if it's ultimately you want to get married and have children, you, you have to have game in today's world. It, it's no longer a... Uh, it's no longer something that just gives you an edge. It's essential now. So I, I would highly recommend you pick up a copy. You can go to roosh.v.com to get either the electronic and audible version or the paperback version, like, like what mine is. Uh, that's kind of up to you. But I'd highly recommend whether you're new to game or new to the sexual marketplace, new to dating, or if you've, uh, you know, you're getting back out there like me. I mean, I've studied game on and off throughout years, especially back in the, like the 90s and the early 2000s. But game has, it's evolved. It's, it, it, it has changed. Well, game itself probably hasn't changed it so much, I, I don't think, but the, the mediums that it's involved in has. And that's the things that I need to learn about uh, getting back out there. So even I, you know, need to brush up on my game. But if you want to get with women, if you want women in your life, uh, you're going to have to learn game now. It, it's not an option. It's not optional anymore. All right. So let's move on. Next book that I've been reading is The Age of the Bachelor. Uh, my friend uh, Vince LaRosa from masculine geek turned me on to this thing and uh it's it's kind of a, uh, a a case study in a way or a compilation of case studies about bachelorhood it primarily focuses on the years of 1880 through i believe like the 1920s 1930s uh apparently there is some stuff that goes into the present However, the present at the time this book was written was, I believe, about 1995. So even that is dated. I mean, the book is 20 years, well, 20, 24 years. I wouldn't call it outdated. Given the information is dealing primarily in the past, it's definitely not outdated, but it's definitely older. It is dated in that sense. Um, I'm enjoying it thoroughly. Uh... I've never really been a... I always thought I was a history buff, but in reality, I'm not. But reading this, some of the stuff that uh, they're talking about that goes back even before the 1880s, uh, but they talk about some things in this book that I've read so far. And the crazy thing is, is you're looking at the the condemnation and even the, I guess, the quasi-persecution of single people, women as well, not just men, but 
It is primarily the men that take the brunt of it that even back then, over a hundred years ago, you know, we're talking, what, 80, 90, 2000, almost 130 years ago. And, and nothing's really changed. And that's what blows me away. That reading a lot of it, seeing the, the, the looking down of the nose that if you're single, the persecutions, uh, some of the stuff that went on that, yeah, we don't have some of that stuff now, but we've got different variations of it. It, it's, it really hasn't changed. So I, I find that very fascinating. Because I would have thought initially that either, God, maybe they had it better. But in some cases, they had it worse than we do now. But even now, there's, it's, it's a lot of the same bullshit. It's just under a different face, a different, a different name. I mean, the fact is, in, our, in the United States, in our country today... Uh, single people don't get tax breaks. You can get a tax break just for being married. I mean, the married people out there, the divorced people, you get me. Uh, you know, I know because I've been there. When I was married, I uh, got all kinds of tax breaks just for being married, let alone having children, which even more tax breaks. And that's something, it's interesting now that I think about it, I was just talking to my father last night about it. Uh, he asked me if I'd gotten my taxes done yet, and I had said, no, I, I need to get a hold of the person who does my taxes and set up an appointment so I can get them done. Anyway, he said, you know, I asked him, so did you get yours done? And he's like, oh yeah. And he's like, yeah, I got like 50 bucks back. You know, I got a refund of $50. And I was like, well, that's better than nothing. You know, that's better than owing, I guess. And he's like, yeah. But he did say, he goes, but my his tax person told him that next year, 2020, I guess, or, you know, filing for 2019, he's probably going to end up paying around 500 bucks. And I said, why, why, why that? Why do you think that? And he said, because he's going to have to file single, where for this year, for 18, this tax year, he was able to file married because he was married to my mother for the majority of it until she died. But he was able to, you know, get the tax deductions. And now going forward, he's now not going to get those deductions because he is officially single again. So... Even that still is, is a, a punitive measure. You know, they give you a tax break for getting married, but not for being single. It's the single people who carry the brunt of that particular load, for lack of better words. So, but The Age of the Bachelor by uh, Howard P. Chudikoff, I believe. I'll throw a link in it. It's 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 a fascinating read. Uh, I highly recommend it. If you guys uh, you know want something to read to kind of understand the history of bachelorhood, 
and and look at where you're at today and look at how it was back in the day and in some cases so far that I've read we've definitely got it better than back in the 1800s early 1900s uh, in some ways I think it's kind of the same that it's like ah it really hasn't changed all that much you know and when I look at that because it is kind of a almost a sociological study you know he's this author's not necessarily talking about you know well I, I found this record of Joe Blow he is kind of going across the entire group so to speak he, he's looking at kind of all men all women and and some of the things that have not changed they've altered a little bit I mean you've got radical feminism that wasn't a thing back then but otherwise it's it's kind of all the same and it's fascinating to see that wow history really does repeat itself or it may not even be a repeat so much as it's just a cycle because that's what was going on back then and then yeah there came a point where even even the age of getting married you know if you read things on the internet today and by the way if you do it's for you if you're reading it it's for you but if you are reading something it'll say you know oh we're we're in this dismay because everybody's getting married later they're waiting till they're like their late 20s, maybe even early 30s to get married. They're staying single longer. Okay. The thing is, that's what was going on back in the late 1880s and early 1900s. The, they were getting married the same thing, the late 20s. It wasn't until probably after World War I or so that they kind of started getting married younger you know the early 20s type of thing and 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 doing the marriage thing and having the children and then you know we're seeing that again you know from the 60s on that hey you know everybody's starting to delay marriage again so it's funny in a way it's just like you know they're they're making something out of nothing and and we've already gone through it before so check it out, uh, Age of Bachelor, Age of the Bachelor, Howard P. Chudikoff. All right, uh, I'm going to sidetrack here for a second, kind of go back to just things in my life. I'm kind of done with the book reviews for a moment. Um, a co-worker at my second job on Friday, him and a, a customer were talking about gun control. which is is an item that is uh, near and dear to my heart. I've always been interested in it because I, you know, if you don't know me, uh, I am a Second Amendment advocate. I, 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 I own several firearms, quite a few actually. And I own everything from different uh, calibers of pistols up to uh, shotguns and uh, an assortment of rifles including assault rifles you know I, I do own at least one AR-15 and he was this guy was uh, 
he, he's anti-gun, and that's fine. To each their own. If you know, my thoughts is if you don't like guns, don't buy a gun. Don't own a gun. Simple enough. But I've never understood when someone doesn't like something, you know, because if I don't like something, then I'm I'm just I'm not gonna do it. You know, if there's you know a movie I don't like, I'm not gonna watch it. If there's a song I don't like, I'm not gonna listen to it. Uh, if there's a book I'm not interested in, whether it's the, the topic or it's the author, whatever it may be, I, I'm not going to read it. You know, and if someone asked me, why not? That's, that's not my thing. That's all. But to each their own. You know, if that's your thing, great. You, you know, if you like certain things, great. You do you. But I, I find it fascinating and curious to me that... Why is it that a lot of people that are anti-whatever want to force their point of view across to others? Because this guy was like, you know, we kind of got into it a little bit, uh, a healthy debate. It wasn't an argument. It wasn't bad, at least not in my book. But, you know, he wanted more gun control. And, and I asked him why. And he immediately started talking about, you know, a shooting somewhere and a guy walking around the mall with an AR-15 strapped across his back. And, and I'm just like sitting there listening to him. I'm thinking, yeah, so? So the guy's got an AR-15 across his back or this guy's got a pistol on his hip. So what? Uh, as far as I know, in most states open carry is legal as long as you don't have a bullet chambered you can legally open carry without any kind of special permit and then if you have a special permit you can carry fully loaded okay as long as you're not pointing it at people or waving it around like an idiot who cares Uh, i see men and women all the time carrying firearms whether for their job or because they can. They're exercising their Second Amendment rights. I, they don't make me nervous. They don't bother me. Hell, nine out of ten times, I'm carrying. I'm just carrying concealed because I can. If anything, it's, well, you don't need to worry about the law-abiding citizen. You know, you, if you're watching or listening to this and you're, you don't like guns, I, I get it. Okay, but understand the the law-abiding citizen is not your problem. You are the problem. Okay, and that's what I basically said to this guy. I said, guns aren't the problem. Gun control laws aren't the problem. We have too many laws as it is, and they're ineffective. They don't work. Why? Because they don't stop bad guys. Outlaws don't give a fuck about the law. The only people it restricts and punishes, per se, is the law-abiding person. That's it. Beyond that, it doesn't affect bad guys. If someone wants to shoot you with a gun, they're going to shoot you with a gun. And chances are, they probably shouldn't have the gun, and they probably got it by ill-gotten means. They didn't go out and purchase it. They probably stole it. Okay? Or they bought it off the black market type of thing. The gun don't know where it came from. But this guy talked about, like, wanting to have insurance 
on guns. And I'm like thinking, well, I kind of do. That's what my homeowner's insurance is. That if in the event that my gun gets stolen, someone breaks into my home and steals my weapons, I can then report them as stolen and, and contact my insurance company and I get you know reimbursed for them. But that's not the way he meant it. At least I don't think it was. I, even he wasn't 100% sure of where the fuck he was going. But I kind of figured it out as far as I could tell. It's because of his feelings. Guns make him uncomfortable. Guns scare him. And so if by, you know, gun owners not only having to have, uh, you know, go through a background check to buy a gun, but they should have insurance as well, which I disagree with vehemently. Because to me, that's just a penalty. It's like, okay, I already went through the background check to buy the firearm. And, and I passed. You know, the state of Utah says I'm, I'm good to go. Even the feds, hey, he's good to go. So why should I have to have an insurance policy that is dedicated to my firearm? That I have to pay uh, an annual premium on. I'm being punished for owning a gun, is what that is. All because it somehow, I guess, is going to make him feel safe. Well, I told him, fuck your feelings. That's all this is. You're, you're, you're scared. And I get it. Today's society is bananas in some cases. But I don't give a fuck about your feelings. Okay? Give me something logical. Give me something rational that has nothing to do with your feelings. And let's talk about it. Otherwise, all you're trying to do is say, well, I'm uncomfortable, I'm scared, and I want some illusion of security. And that's all it is. It's an illusion of security. The real security is the firearm. Because let's be honest, the police, there's only so many of them. They don't have unlimited funds. And they can't be in they can't be everywhere at the same time. Okay? I, I'm not against police. Okay? I'm I'm probably more pro-police than than not. But I also know unless you know, when something goes down, very seldom are the cops able to be there as it's going down and handle it. More often than not, I would say 99 out of 100 times, they're coming after whatever happened. They're coming after and cleaning up the mess, basically. That's what they're doing. So, you want to put your personal safety, your family's safety, your loved one's safety in the hands of the police. In effect, if that's true... You're basically saying, come kill them to whatever bad guy that's planning on showing up. You're saying, I, I would rather risk their lives. Because a shootout will take place in under seven seconds. Okay? It's going to take at least two minutes, if not more, for the police to show up. Seven seconds. You can look it up. That is a statistic.
I have no problem with the police. They they do they're they're good men and women that do the best they can. But they're they're human, they have faults, they can't be everywhere at the same time. My personal safety, my loved one's safety is my responsibility, not the police's. So that is why I own firearms. Because A, because I can. And B, because that's my responsibility, not the cops. Okay? So think about that. Whatever your stance is on owning firearms. You know, it's not just for hunting. And if you believe that we as humans are inherently good, which I do. I think in general the, the, the majority of people are good people. Uh, I've never had to use my firearm, even in the line of work. Okay, and hopefully I never have to. But if I have to, I will. And I'm and I can and I'm ready to. I've trained myself. Okay. So I'm ready for that possibility if it ever shows up in my life. As ready as I can be. Who wouldn't want to protect themselves? Who wouldn't want to protect their loved ones? Who wouldn't want to protect their children? Or their wife? Or their husband? I don't don't get it. All I can think is, wow, that's very delusional thinking. If you think we live in this utopian society where... Oh, if I if I just tell people I don't like guns, they'll they'll not bring them around. And I don't mean law-abiding citizens. I'm talking about bad guys. You know, it's like seeing the signs that say this is a gun-free zone. You really think the guy with the gun that wants to come in and either rob the place or shoot it up, you really think that sign is going to stop him that he's going to go, "Oh shit." That's a gun-free zone. Well, I guess I'm not going in there. You really think that's what's going to happen? If anything, I would almost think he's going to go, hell yeah. Because the majority of everyone else there is not going to be carrying a gun. we got to stop with this victim culture, man. It's what's be, it is part of what is the undoing of our society. Anyway... I'm off my soapbox for that. We're almost an hour in here, so I'm going to start wrapping it up. Uh, the other thing I want to mention is a, uh, in parting with you guys is a website that I guess started up back in around, oh God, I'm trying to remember, 2003, 2005, somewhere around there. And the, uh, the author on the website is anonymous, just went by the name Alone. The website's called thelastpsychiatrist.com. And the last article that the author penned was written in May of 2014. So it's been about five years now. Man, you should check it out, though. Thelastpsychiatrist.com. Fascinating stuff. In fact, the, the little remark I said a little bit ago about if you're reading it, it's for you. Or if you're watching it, it's for you. So if you're watching this, it's for you. 
that's where it came from was this this brilliant person uh, the early I've read some of the earlier stuff back when the the blog first started and and I think the person actually is or was a psychiatrist um, because a lot of the stuff they talked about was related to psychiatry and to pharmaceuticals and the psychological psychiatric profession and to be honest uh, a lot of it went over my head and it was very dry very boring in a lot of ways and so I kind of skipped through and it was probably around oh I don't know 2009 or so is when the author kind of changed their their slant of what they wanted to write about They started talking more about modern media at that time, advertising, pop culture. And the insight that this author brings is crazy incredible. Uh, So if you really want to see something, even though these articles are older, you know, at least five years old. The wisdom within, though, is priceless and it's timeless. So you should check it out. LastPsychiatrist.com And with that, I'm going to call it a day. So you guys, thanks for checking it out. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. And I will see you next time. Oh, and while you're at it, if you're on Twitter, you can follow me. And it's the at symbol Rob says underscore underscore. And you can follow me at robsays.net. That is my central point. If you go to the contact page, you will find all of the links, including my YouTube channel. And if you are watching this on YouTube, please, uh, if you haven't already, subscribe to my channel. I would greatly appreciate it. And uh, hit the like button. And if you found that there was something here that someone else would get value out of it, please share it with them. So we'll talk to you next time, guys.